What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Story Times. I'm Kirsten. I'm Michelle. And we're back with another story time episode. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say something, but I don't remember what I was going to say. Nice. Yep. Anyway, let's just get right into it. Unless you have anything to add before we begin. Nope. (laughs) Okay. So today, I'm going to be talking about two different i guess they're kind of like stories creepypastas urban legend type things the first one we're going to talk about is slender man i'm sure many of you have heard of slender man have you heard of slender man yep okay do you know the story behind slender man um not really i just know slender man and like what he's about that's pretty much it okay there's also a murder yes there is which i briefly touched Shame on we you. will get there, but no, I did kidding. not go into the details, just because it wasn't about the true crime part of it. This is just about Slenderman. All right, let's get it. All right, so the Slenderman is a fictional character that originated as a creepypasta meme on the Something Awful forum by the user Eric Nudson. I think that's how you pronounce his name. If not, I'm sorry. But he also went by the name Victor Surge. Um, and he posted that in 2009. So this That's was a long time a ago. A long time ago, yeah. I mean, like... I was 10. 12 years ago, yeah. So, Slenderman is described as a thin, unusually tall humanoid creature with a featureless head and face wearing a black suit. Stories commonly feature him stalking, abducting, or traumatizing people, but mostly children. He has become a pop culture icon, although he's not confined to one particular story, but to many works of fiction, usually online. It's like, usually his stories are posted online. Right. Stories relating to Slenderman include many types of media, such as stories, pictures, and videos. In one video series called Marble Hornets, he is referred to as the operator. And Marble Marble Hornets is on um, YouTube. Oh, okay. Yes. It's like a YouTube channel. Gotcha. That is surrounded by the operator, also known as the Slenderman. Gotcha. He also appears in video games. He has his own video games. Uh, one is called Slender the Eight Pages. One is called Slender the Arrival. And then he's also featured in Minecraft, hmm. but he's called the Enderman. Nice. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. I wasn't really big on Minecraft. My brother is. I wasn't really either, but my brother is too. Yeah, for sure. There is also a movie adaptation in 2015 of the Marble Hornets uh, YouTube channel. Okay. Which I have never seen that movie. So in 2014, panic broke out when readers of the Slenderman fiction were connected to several violent acts. This is where the murder comes into play. Okay. Um, it was in what? Wa- Waukesha. 
Wisconsin? Waukesha? Wa- I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's Waukesha. Is it Waukesha? Yes. It is. I actually used to know someone named Waukesha. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. They, uh, well, they worked with me at the casket factory. Oh, nice. Um, yes, but I that's worked in at Wisconsin. a casket factory. Sorry. Yeah. So that was in Wisconsin. Okay. Um, and a 12-year-old girl was nearly stabbed to death. Maybe that wasn't the murder. I don't think she died. No, she didn't she die, stabbed. but it was... That's what it was about. The Slenderman stabbing is yeah, what yeah, it's yeah. called. Yeah. Uh, the stabbing in- inspired the film Beware the Slenderman, which was released in 2016. So that was based on true events. Gotcha. So now we're going to go into his origin, where he actually came from. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I mentioned before, Slender Man was created on June 10th, 2009, on a thread on the Something Awful forum. Uh, the thread was a Photoshop contest where users were challenged to create paranormal images. One poster, Eric Knudsen, who used the name Victor Surge online, posted two photos of groups of children in which he added the tall, thin figure wearing the black suit into the background of the photos, which would then become to be Slitterman. Right. Even though the contest just wanted the photos, Serge added snippets of text along with the pictures. Supposedly, these snippets of text were supposed to be from, like, witnesses of the photos. Gotcha. Under the first photo read, We didn't want to go... We didn't want to kill them, but its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. Under the second photo read, One of two recovered photographs from the Sterling Sterling City Library blaze, notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished, and for what is referred to as the Slender Man. Deformities cited as films as film defects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. Nineteen eighty six. Photographer Mary Thomas. Missing since june thirteenth, nineteen eighty six. These pieces of text transformed the photos into stories. Other posters were inspired by the character he had created and added their own visual and textual contributions. They basically just took the story and ran with it, adding to his original narrative. Nudson, also known as Victor Surge, was inspired by a number of different things. Primarily by That Insidious Beast by Zach Parsons, which was a short web series also on the Something Awful forum. He was also... Inspired by Stephen King's The Mist, which was a book that turned into a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, reports of Shadow People. Um, he was inspired by The Mothman, which was an urban legend that I covered in a previous mm-hmm. episode. Um, the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. And this was uh, the name given to the person or people who are believed to be responsible for a series of gas attacks in Mattoon, Illinois in the 1940s. Hmm. Um, another inspiration of his was the tall man from the 1979 film Phantasm. Um, H.P. Lovecraft was another one. Yep. He was an American writer of weird science, fantasy, and horror fiction. 
He was best known for his creation of the Cthulhu mythos. Sure. I know H.P. Lovecraft is very known, just like Stephen yeah. King. Oh, yeah. Um, he was inspired by the surrealist work of William S. Burroughs. He was also an American writer and visual artist. Many of his works were semi-autobiographical mm-hmm. and is primarily drawn from his experiences as a heroin addict. And you can only imagine the kind of things yeah. he thought up when he was seriously doing the heroin. And he was also inspired by the survival horror video games Silent Hill and Resident Evil. Yeah. I love Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. I love all the movies and the games. I've never watched the movies, but I have played some of the games. The movies are scary. I remember in one movie, like right at the beginning, it's a jump scare. Mm -hmm. But I know I mentioned several times on this podcast how when I was a kid, I was obsessed with horror movies. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And my dad would take me to watch them and stuff, but Mm -hmm. we would always watch horror movies at home. I think I might have seen... A couple of the Resident Evil movies? I think it's the third one. And it, like, is showing a fence at the beginning of the movie. And then, like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the zombie jumps up and he's like... Yikes. You know. Anyways, Mm -hmm. doing zombie sounds. And, like, (laughs) it scared the shit out of me. I just remember, like, jumping so hard. Mm -hmm. I I used to love scary movies so much. I do, too. I just don't like jump scares. I think the zombie movies probably scare me the most. Because I feel like... It's the most likely possibility to happen. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, after I watch a zombie movie, I am actually terrified. Real, right? Yeah. Like, what if this actually happens? But like other movies, like Paranormal Activity, mm-hmm. things like, like that. Whatever. Well, I'm sure I watch a lot of ghost Unlikely. adventures, but I'm sure that I know there are ghosts. I have oh, yeah. witnessed, I've had ghost experiences and stuff, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I know there's ghosts, but I feel like that's least likely to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Then a zombie apocalypse for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Anyways. Anyways. Continuing on. Um, Nudson's intention was to, quote, formulate something whose motivations can barely be comprehended and cause unease and terror in a general population. End quote. It is very easy to be more scary when you have less of an explanation of what's going right. on. Right. So, like, you're creating... Each person that sees this fantasy or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. has their own thoughts about what this thing can do right. and what it does do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just like it makes it scarier when your mind can wander and think of different things. Right. When yeah. there's not a direct intention. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I talk with my hands a lot. Man. <laughs> um, in a book written by Professor Shira Chess of the University of Georgia titled Folklore, Horror Stories, and the Slenderman, the Development of an Internet Mythology. She connected the Slenderman to ancient folklore about fairies. Like fairies, which I didn't know some of these things about fairies. Mm -hmm. Like fairies, Slenderman is otherworldly. His appearance is vague and often shifts to reflect what the viewer or reader wants, wants or fears to see. And he calls the woods and wild places his home and kidnaps children. I did not know that fairies kidnap children. Yeah, there are some pretty dark stories about fairies out there. Yeah, they're actually not always good. Pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when I think of fairies, I think of like you know Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. Dude, that was my favorite thing as a child. But yeah, no, I as I got older, I realized there were a lot darker stories about fairies too, which is cool. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about um, the early development mm-hmm. of Slenderman. 
Okay. Soon after the images of Slenderman were posted, it went viral, inspiring works of fan art, cosplay, and online fiction known as Creepypasta. If you don't already know, I've talked about creepypastas many a times mm-hmm. in our podcasts, but they are horror stories told in short snippets that are easily copyable and spread from site to site. So just little stories. Okay. One of the earliest editions was added by a user on the Something Awful forum named Up, who created a story set in 16th century Germany about a character named Der... Grossman, which was an early reference to Slenderman. Mm-hmm. The first video series about the Slenderman, Marble Hornets, is what it was called, was created by a user named Cigars, like the word cigars, mm-hmm. split into two words. Gotcha. On the Something Awful forum thread. It was about a film school friend named Alex Crail who had stumbled upon something troubling while shooting his first feature-length film. The series forms an alternate reality game describing the filmer's fictional experiences with Slenderman. It also incorporates a Twitter feed and alternate YouTube channel created by the user to the arc. As of 2013, Marble Hornets had over 250,000 subscribers on YouTube and 55 million views. Wow, that's crazy. That was in 2013. And I, I, um, will link the link to the YouTube channel in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And I did go and watch a few of the videos because it's like a series of videos mm-hmm. on it. But I didn't happen to notice how many views it has now. That's if it crazy. had 55 million in 2013, I can only imagine how many it has now. Yeah. In 2012, Slenderman was adapted into a video game called Slender the Eight Pages. Within its first month of, re- of release, it was downloaded over 2 million times. Many variants of the game came out following its release, including Slenderman's Shadow and Slenderman for iOS, which became the second most popular app downloaded at the time. Wow. The sequel to Slender the Eight Pages was Slender the Arrival, which was released in 2013. Several films about the Slenderman have been released including one titled Entity mm-hmm. and one called The Slenderman, which I've never seen I- either of those. I know a lot. It, the, when The Slenderman movie came out, it was mm-hmm. very popular. Yeah. So now we're going to get into some of the descriptions of Slenderman and what he has turned into. Mm-hmm. Since his mythology has evolved and there's no canon for reference, Slenderman's appearance, motives, habits, and abilities are not fixed and change depending on the person writing the story. He is most commonly described as very tall and thin with unnaturally long tentacle-like arms, which he can extend to, ca- extend to capture his prey. I'm stumbling over all my words today. That's okay. In most stories, his face is white and without features, but sometimes his face appears differently to anyone who sees it. He wears a dark suit and a tie. He's often associated with the forest or abandoned locations and has the ability to teleport. Being around the Slenderman is often said of said to trigger a slender sickness, which is a rapid onset of paranoia, nightmares, and delusions accompanied by nosebleeds. Early stories featured him targeting children or young adults. 
Some featured young adults that are driven insane. Graphic violence and body horror are uncommon in the Slenderman mythos, and many stories leaving the fate of his victims obscure. Basically, what happens to his victims is very vague and differs between each storyteller. Gotcha. Yeah. But basically, he's just this big, tall creature that stalks you, kidnaps children, Mm -hmm. things like that. And that was the end of the Slender Man. Nice. So the next one we're going to talk about is the Wendigo. It's like a more, this one's more of like an urban legend. Okay. Um, according to Algonquin legends, the Wendigo haunts the northern forests of the United States and Canada, always looking for people to eat. The tale goes that the Wendigo was a lost hunter. During a brutally cold winter, this hunter's hunger drove him to cannibalism. After eating another human's flesh, he transformed into a crazed man-beast, roaming the forest looking for more people to eat. The story comes from Algonquin Native American folklore, and the details vary depending on who you ask. Some people who have claimed to encounter the beast say it's a relative of Bigfoot, but others compare the Wendigo to a werewolf instead. Mm -hmm. Since it's said to be a cold-weathered creature, most sightings of the Wendigo have been reported in Canada, as well as the northern states in the United States. At the beginning of the 20th century, the Algonquin tribes blamed many unsolved disappearances on Wendigo attacks. So we're going to get into some descriptions now. Okay. The Wendigo is not the largest or most muscular beast out there, even though he is such an insatiable predator. Though he stands at almost 15 feet tall, it is often said that his body looks emaciated or starved. Hmm. This might be because he's never satisfied with his cannibalistic urges. He is forever hungry until he's eating another person and is obsessed with hunting for new victims. A native author and ethnographer, which is someone who studies the customs of individual people and cultures, named Basil H. Johnston, once described the Wendigo in his masterwork, The Madness? The Madness? Sure. And he described it as follows. The Wendigo has, was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones, with its bones pushing out over its skin. Its complexion, that ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into the sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody unclean and suffering from superations of the skin. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition, of death and corruption. I could see that if he's eating bodies. Probably yeah. definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. According to ethno-historian, which is also someone who studies the branch of anthropology concerned with the history of peoples and cultures, especially non-Western ones. Nathan Carlson, it's also been said that the Wendigo has large, sharp claws and eyes that are massive, like how owl's eyes are. 
Do you know how owls, owl's eyes are, like, yeah, ginormous? Mm-hmm. However, other people describe the Wendigo as a skeleton-like figure with ashy skin. No matter which version of the story is the most plausible, this is not a creature you want to run into on a hike. So, there are many different sca- versions of s- scary stories about the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Different versions of the Wendigo legend say different things about his speed and agility. Some claim he's unusually fast and can endure walking for long periods of time, even in harsh winter conditions. Others say he walks in a more haggard manner, as if he's falling apart. But speed wouldn't be a necessity for a monster of his nature. Not really if he's 15 foot tall. Not. And especially if he's that if he's 15 feet tall, his legs are very long. Yeah, that's true. So it's not like you got it. You just take really big steps. Mm-hmm. Unlike other terrifying carnivores, the Wendigo doesn't rely on pursuing his prey in order to capture and eat it. Rather, one of his creepiest traits is his ability to mimic human voices. Oof, that's so creepy. Yeah. He uses this skill to lure people in and draw them away from civilization. Once they're isolated in the desolate death depths of the wilderness he attacks them and then feasts on them nope that's when mm-mm, you hear voices in the woods Nope. yeah but if he's if he's mimicking a human's voice and he's nope. like help me good luck you're like oh there's good a person luck. out there that needs help then he gotcha you didn't get me <laughs> not michelle good luck i know you're not supposed to no 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 not in the, the forest no 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 the forest is a scary place i think there's more things in the forest that we know just like the ocean. True. Scary. I just mean more like... No, I know what you mean. Yep. I'm not saying there's a Wendigo out there. I'm just saying there's creepier things out there. I mean, there could be a Wendigo the f- out there. We don't know. What there's about Bigfoot? We yep. don't know. There's creepier things in the forest, I think, than we even know. Yeah. I also think a lot of forests are just like... Sacred, you know what I yeah. mean? And mm-hmm. a lot of things happen there that we can't even imagine. Yeah. So think about like all the spirits that probably roam the forest and things like that, you know? Right. Anyways. And that's why I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> anyway. The Algonquin people say that during the turn of the 20th century, a large number of their people went missing. The tribes attributed many of the mysterious disappearances to the Wendigo, thus calling him the Spirit of Lonely Places. Another rough translation of Wendigo is the evil spirit that devours mankind. This translation is related to yet another version of the Wendigo that has the power to curse humans by possessing them. Once he has infiltrated their minds, he can turn them into Wendigos as well, instilling upon them a similar lust for human flesh. One of the most infamous cases is the story of Swift Runner, a Native American who was murdered and ate his whole family during the winter of 1879. So he murdered his family. He wasn't murdered. Oh, yeah, yeah. What you did said I say? he was murdered. Oh, no, no, no. Who was murdered? He murdered his okay. family and ate them. Not was murdered. Murdered. Yeah. Moited. Moited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a hard time with my words today. That's okay. I do well every day. It's fine. So Swift Runner murdered mm-hmm. his family. Gotcha. And then ate them. Gotcha. Okay. Not in, good. In eighteen seventy nine. Okay. According to Animal Planet, Swift Runner claimed to be possessed by a Wendigo spirit at the time of the murders. Still he was hanged for his crime. Well, I mean he did 
Mur- Killing each yeah. family. I mean, whether you were possessed or not, you still did it. Mm-hmm. Frighteningly enough, there were quite a few other stories about these spirits supposedly possessing people in communities stretching from northern Quebec to the Rockies. Many of these reports were shockingly similar to the Swift Runner's case. Hmm. So, whether you believe the Wendigo lurks in the woods at night or not, this is not just another boogeyman story meant to scare people for no reason. It also has historical significance for many indigenous communities. The legend of the Wendigo has long been associated with real-life problems like insatiable greed, selfishness, and violence. It's also linked to the many cultural taboos against these negative actions and behaviors. So, basically, the word Wendigo can also function as a symbol for gluttony and the image of excess. As Basil Johnston has written, the idea of turning Wendigo is a very real possibility when the word refers to self-destruction rather than literally becoming a monster in the forest. According to the book Rewriting Apocalypse in Canadian Fiction, Wendigo stories were once viewed as an illustration of the violent and primitive nature of the very people telling those stories. But ironically enough, these stories might actually represent the indigenous people's response to the horrific violence unleashed on them by non-native people. In fact, many anthropologists believe that the concept of a Wendigo only developed after the native people had contact with the Europeans. Rewriting Apocalypse adds that some modern-day confusion about the Wendigo may have to do with certain terms getting lost in translation. One well-known mistake was traced to the traced to the compiler of a dictionary who entered the information regarding the word wendigo and substituted the word ghoul for the appropriate word fool because he thought the native people meant ghoul like a typo Mm -hmm. but what about those scary wendigo stories that supposedly affected real people some anthropologists also argue that wendigo stories especially those involving wendigo accusations are linked to stress within the Native American communities. These local tension... These. That says the. <laughs> the local tension leading up to such accusations may even be comparable to the fear that preceded the Salem witch trials. However, in the case of the Native American communities, most of the stress was due to a dwindling amount of resources, not to mention the extermination of food in the area. Under those circumstances, who could blame them for having a fear of starvation? Just about the only thing scarier might be what one would do if the starvation became too much to handle. So, is the Wendigo still out there? The vast majority of supposed Wendigo sightings happened between the 1800s and the 1920s. Few reports of the creature have surfaced since then. But every so often, an alleged sighting emerges, most recently in 2019. Mysterious howls in the Canadian wilderness led some to question whether they were caused by the infamous man-beast. One hiker who was present said, I have heard many different animals in the wild, but nothing like this. Much like other legendary beasts, the Wendigo remains a fixture in pop culture in modern times. The creature has been referenced and sometimes even depicted in a variety of hit television shows 
including Supernatural, mm-hmm. Grimm, and Charmed. Your girl loves Supernatural. I've never seen it. Well, I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah, I try to get you to watch it, but you don't. It's just so long, bruh. I'll get around to it eventually. It's so long. I watch all of The Vampire Diaries. The Vampire Diaries. <laughs> the so... Vampire Diaries is only eight seasons, bro. Yeah, but like... Supernatural is like double that. Okay, but you're saying the episodes are long. No, I'm saying the whole series Oh, I thought long. you were saying the episodes were long. No. I still haven't even finished the series because I don't want to. You haven't finished it yet? No, because I don't want to. I so don't want it to end. No room to talk. I'm yes, I do because you. I'm literally on season like 13. I'm going to finish it before you. I'm going to start it and finish it before you. I highly doubt that. Okay, we'll see. Challenge accepted. Well, also, just don't ruin it for me. I won't. (laughs) There's a specific reason why I don't finish it, though, because I don't want to. I don't want it to end. I've seen spoilers about, like, the the show overall. Okay, well, don't say anything. I'm not. I just don't want to finish it because I don't want it to be over. It's, like, my favorite show. Yeah. I've been watching it for probably, like, four years now. Well, I watched, like, season one through eight, and then I went back to watch season, start at season one with Austin, because he had never seen it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now you're on 13. 12 or 13, something like that. And there's, like, 15 or 16 seasons. 15? I think 15. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Okay. Interestingly enough, there are even a couple of lakes today named after the beast, including a Lake Wendigo in Minnesota and a Wendigo Lake in Wisconsin. But those who believe in the physical Wendigo think he's may But those who believe <laughs> I'm having a hard time to It's okay. But those who believe in the physical Wendigo think he might still be out there in the woods. And underneath that terrifying flesh eating demon there might still be a human who has who was once just a hungry hunter. Ooh. And that's the end of the story of the Wendigo. If you scroll a little farther down, there's a couple of pictures. Nice. Yeah, he's he's pretty creepy looking. For sure. And I will be posting the pictures on the Instagram and the Twitter when I upload the 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 episode on Wednesday. So, make sure... It is Wednesday when they're listening right now. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess you are listening it to Wednesday. Well, listening. if you listen to it on the release day. Yeah. If you're listening to this moment right now, the pictures, the pictures are uploaded. The pictures will be probably. on the Twitter and the Instagram, so go look at them. <laughs> yes. Unless you're listening to it, like, right at midnight, then we probably hadn't released the pictures yet. Probably not. Unless we should start releasing the pictures the day before. No. Sometime today, they'll be up. <laughs> they'll be up. Just go check. Check back frequently. But that's the end of my stories for this week i thought they were pretty good i thought this they're they're pretty popular ones i like it they're pretty good i agree okay thanks sorry i was yawning while you were talking that's okay (laughs) anywho anywho we will oh before before we yeah what what (laughs) what were you gonna say don't what i was gonna say don't forget oh okay i was gonna say Go subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Don't forget. It is in the link tree in the show notes. Yep. Patreon. You can look at all our socials where we post all our pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, we have bonus episodes on the Patreon. Yes, we're actually... Well, by the time you're listening to this, it will probably already be on the Patreon. Yep. We'll have bonus episodes on the Patreon. 
we'll have video on the Patreon. Um, actually, I believe it's this Sunday when we release this is when we are posting our bonus episode on the Patreon as well. Correct. On the 13th. Yes. And then our mukbang will be posted on the 27th. So if you want to do that, subscribe to that tier. Because those are Patreon exclusives. Yep. If you want cool stickers, you can subscribe to the first or the second tier, I actually believe. And if you want access to our notes as well. Yes. Because we are going to be posting our notes on the Patreon. Okay. So if you want to read through them. See, like, our thought process and how we do our notes. But that is all. Just check out the link tree in the description. Mm Mm-hmm. And our Twitter, our Instagram. We also have a TikTok. Mm -hmm. We need to post on TikTok more. Yeah, we don't really post on TikTok that often, but we're trying our best. I don't even really have my own socials. I don't really get on them, so. I'm trying to to run it. Doing my best. Yeah. But we will... See you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.